Welcome, everybody, to the Q2Q podcast, if you do not know us by now. My name is Becca. And I'm Ben. And we are here to talk about all things theme parks and Disney and whatnot, mostly Disney all the time. Um, So, Ben, I need to tell you something that I just discovered in my life, and this was an accidental thing. Um, What did you discover? I was just singing... uh, you know the Monsters Inc. theme, the like if I, if I wouldn't have nothing if I didn't have you. Mhm. Yeah. So I don't know the mm-hmm. lyrics to it, but I was just being like, and my lovely my lovely other here um, was singing along with me, but it was not the same song. So uh, singing. I'm gonna I'm gonna go along with it, shall we? You probably have to be closer. Oh, I love stuff like this. <laughs> Um, You're building this up as if it's like something. Oh, it's not impressive. Amazing at all. Um, I don't care. Yeah, and that's it. That's it. That's all we figured out. <laughs> Let me finish the that's fantastic. No, God damn it. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> thank uh, you, Michael, for joining us today on this thanks, episode thanks, of Q to Q. That was uh, um, that was that was an experience. I gotta say, I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> you are so welcome. <laughs> everybody at home. Uh, I, I always get excited this over is, that kind of stuff this is usually I, patreon content and y'all get it in this episode yeah i got really excited when i found out i could combine part of the song of the thomas rett song life changes with the, the theme of the office so that's i do get really excited over that kind of stuff. um my favorite mashup i've ever made and it's i always tell people like it's my most proud achievement and they all hate me for it um i learned that uh, Macklemore's thrift shop and down by the bay, mm-hmm. the lovely children's song work insanely well together. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! And I, now I did it. Like be I have Patreon a, exclusive content. I have an MP3 of it, so I'm a, I'm gonna send it, send it along uh, to Patreon. Do. It's fucking that. gold. Just anyway, how was your week? My week was pretty cool. Um, let's see. It's not my birthday anymore. That was last week. Mm-mm. birthday month is over so that's sad um let's see my uh, video game i've been waiting for came out i've been waiting for months so i've been playing it insanely i got what game i've got so hyped it's called star wars squadrons um i bought a vr headset and a joystick combo controller just to make sure that i could be immersed and sit in an x-wing and it feels like that's so I, I cool you not, it feels like it feels like smugglers run but like better. Yeah, because smother- smugglers run kind of sucks. But um... yeah, um, yeah. So that was pretty cool. That's um, great. I met yeah, I met some candidates running for public office. I'm not going to drop any names because I don't want people to think that I'm endorsing anyone on the podcast. I will just say, make sure you vote. Make and sure you are registered to vote. That's all. Um, yeah, it's really important. Really important. 
Uh, yeah, my week was, How was your week? okay. Um, I have to look at getting another job because we, you know, the industry is dying. Support your local artists, everybody. Make sure you wear your masks Oof. so that theater can come back in full swing. Um, I don't, not, I'm fun. not, I'm not out of my job, but I'm still working at my job, but um, I can't, I need to pick up more hours somewhere else. So I'm trying to, <clears throat> and to probably do the retail thing for the holiday season and see where it goes. Woo! Retail. Yeah, we'll deal. We love retail. We'll deal with it. It's fine. I'll. I'll probably. It'll be fine. Um, Everything's fine. Here. Yeah. I How went to. Um, <laughs> I. I went to a couple different places. Uh, Jamie and I were scoping out some places for um, when we finally launch one of our shows in the next year. So okay. we're scoping out some places. Um, and uh, yeah, we have we have a few things that we, we found that were really interesting. So that was my week. Um, oh, tonight I don't know if I've ever told you this. I don't know where Mike Mike stole them. Mike Mike took them. Classic. They're on the they're on the couch over there. Let me sh- to Mike. Let me show you what we're doing tonight. Because the reason why I have I have um the reason why I have to I have a little time limit here is because of this thing. I'll, hold on. All right. Okay, so uh, I will share a picture of this once this episode airs but um ben do you do you remember vhs's do i yeah slightly you know they were most of my childhood but um i I have a vague memory of them (laughs) so back in um some year that they made a a really really uh nostalgic but not so great movie about uh space um there was an addition and a re-release of these movies that featured um, CGI, unnecessary CGI, changes to scenes and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And uh, thus that moment, they never released those movies in their original form again. However, tonight, my pals and I are going to be watching, I don't know which one, I think we're watching A New Hope. However, oh boy. we are watching Star Wars A New Hope tonight in its original form in the VHS. So... That's fantastic. That I actually have the original VHSs as well. Exactly. So that's the plan. And the special edition VHSs. <laughs> Nerd. Right? <laughs> I still hear it in the background. Um, so let's get on to the real most important segment of the week. What are you drinking? Oh, if yeah. Um, I am drinking the good old good. I've realized I said this today to Mike because he was like, do you guys talk about what you're drinking? Door, please. Okay. Um, he was like, do you guys talk about what you're drinking? And I was Mom. like, I was like, yeah, actually we, we do. We make, we have a whole segment. And then I joked that I have seasonal drinks. So in the summer I was drinking pretty much only Wachusett Blue and I am now currently drinking still mm-hmm. Shipyard. We restocked. Shipyard. It's a good time. What about you? That's all right. I, I have my annual drink of Truly, but today I'm switching it up and I am drinking a Great North Ale Works Robust Vanilla Porter. That, that is such a good beer. Yeah. Such uh, a good one. Very good. Get that QTQ ASMR. First sip, pinkies up. It's great stuff. Yeah. So um, I got that from a beer shop in Epping called Greg and Jane's. Pretty awesome place. Nice. You can like mix and mash your own six packs. And you can take anything oh, off of the six like pack that. and and just buy it, and that'll just they'll make it work. And they're pretty cool. So yeah, it's like that's like the um, the beer seller does the same thing. There's another store in 
uh, mm-hmm. Nashua that does it too. I love I love stores like that because then it you don't have to commit to a six pack if you don't end up liking it. You can just right. try one. It's a couple bucks and you mm-hmm. and they even recommend it. it too. I was buying I was buying a four pack of what I've never tried before. And they're like, do you want to just break it up and try one? I was like, nah, I'm gonna give it to my friends too. So I ended up buying the whole thing, but I also didn't want to make any hassle because by stripping a six pack, <laughs> just leaving like a I did three that- pack on the shelf. Yeah, there was one. There was one day that I I went in and it looked like it was the last one of like a last mm-hmm. pack, and I was like, "Is it okay if I break this?" Because like I don't want to. And he was like, "Actually, there's some in the fridge already cold." And I was like, "Even better." It was good. Saves your work, saves them work. All right, so we should probably get to the news because you're Let's not talking about the news. This news this week, it's heavy. It's heavy this some week. Bad news. Um, yeah. So. The number one thing that happened this week uh, is that Disney laid off 28,000 cast members between Disney stores, Disneyland, and Disney World. A lot of them came from... That's insane. It's largely due to California still being closed. Um, But 6,700 of them came are coming from Orlando. Um, Orlando. And from a shut up, Ben. I misspelled Orlando. <laughs> my computer just, my monitor just shut off. That's nice. Um, That's not good. It's fine. I got it back. And then with that, a lot of services have been um, canceled or retired. Um, and the minivan service is, was a very short-lived service, apparently, because that is being retired. Mm-hmm. So Wow. When did that start? It was like 2017. No, I believe it long. came with the same announcement with, as Runaway Railway did. So it was right around that time. Hmm. I said about as, um, long as, as long as Minneapolis, right? <laughs> speaking of, um, it, so, <laughs> so in, in a serious note, if you're looking for a, a way to help uh, a cast member, her name is Emily. She created the cast member pantry in March when she also was laid off originally. She works in human relations at... Um, Disney and after the college program was suspended, Emily and another team member gathered all of the excess food and supplies that were left behind from the the apartments and they opened up this pantry out of her garage originally. Other friends and employees helped get more materials and and things and now it has grown into like a full storage unit and cast members can fill out a survey with their employee ID and each take home a prep bag of food for up to a family of four. And Emily and her her team have distributed 8,000 bags of food for families since March. Um, and I've, I've donated a couple times, but if you want to help, you can donate um, at, on Venmo at Cast Member Pantry, and we will, we will share that link as well. Um, and it even, like, I've donated, I think, $15 total, which isn't a lot, but, like, it's every time it comes up on Twitter, I'll be like, here's five bucks. It's like, instead of me buying a coffee mm-hmm. today, I've donated that, that $5. Right. Right. No, I I love so people if do you're cool looking stuff like that, for like ways to help to help people out. Yeah. Yeah. So. So, moving on from that sad note, uh, Bob Iger has resigned from the California COVID nineteen task force, and it's said that it is due to just how strict and apparently unreasonable the rumored guidelines would be. The guidelines were supposed to be released on Friday and have not been. Yep. So um, the rumor is, and I, I've I've seen this from other s- sources very similar to ours, which is why I'm I'm blanket stating that it's a rumor. Nobody knows for sure, but um, California released or they previewed the guidelines with CAPA, which is the California Amusement Park Association. Um, 
And Kappa was like, no, we, this isn't, this isn't possible. This isn't logical. And I, again, don't, nobody knows what, what they actually were because they weren't mm-hmm. released, but um, it seemed like Kappa it had to be stricter than Orlando's. I would think so. Yes. Um, so Kappa urged them to once again, reevaluate and say, this is unreasonable. We'd like something else. And uh, they still have not been released. So they're reevaluating huh. again. So hopefully we can come to some conclusion about theme parks. Cause there's a lot of people out of work in California and that's really not great. Yeah. I'm not really sure how California is doing, but I'd like to see specifically how Orange County's doing. But I guess, yeah, we, we talked about this previously. I think they're worried because most of their people come from, most of their customers are tourists, right? I don't know, because it was rumored that one of those guidelines is that you could only visit the Disneyland park or theme parks within a certain radius of that, lo- like the location of the park. Um, hmm. So I think that might have been part of why Disney and Kappa were like, that's ridiculous because you can't sustain sustain that. Plus, since California right. as a whole state has been shut down since March, nobody has money to go. They wouldn't be making any money because this nobody yeah, that's has insane. been making money. I don't know. I just, I really hope that there can be some relief from this at some point in the near future, whether that be everything's open yeah. and the economy is stimulated again, or there's some form of economic relief bill mm-hmm. again. I don't know. Yeah, I, I got to check just, to see how they're doing. I want to see their numbers and their hospitalizations, but I don't really have anything to report on for that right now. So, Yeah, my heart just hurts that. It, it makes me feel like I mentioned, oh man, I have to go get a second job, but like I have a job. <laughs> some people mm-hmm. don't. Like it makes me feel, right. feel sucks, for them. But... So let's just hope. Um, so let's yeah, let's get away California. from let's get away from some sad news. <clears throat> the sad stuff. Um, do you want to talk about this next one? Have you watched it? Um, I haven't. It's still on my list, but The Mandalorian season two is going to debut on October thirtieth, which is good news. Um, I've heard nothing but good things about The Mandalorian. It's like already been a year since Disney Plus came out. Isn't that wild? Yeah, way to get stuff done. <laughs> That's awesome. Wow. Yeah, I I specifically, when I went on my Star Wars binge, I specifically was doing it so that I could watch The Mandalorian and have a little bit of the immersion in the in the the world, but I have yet to to watch it. Maybe maybe I will mm-hmm. binge it soon. Yeah, I'll probably do that as well. <clears throat> I need to, especially now that I'm, you know, playing Star Wars games 24-7. <laughs> ben, we could maybe watch it together because Disney Plus debuted a group watch function. <gasps> wow, I didn't even think of that. That's awesome. That's we, our next piece of we news. Could just, we could just <laughs> sit down, we could make a time, and watch mm-hmm. an episode of The Mandalorian together all, every week. That, that would be so much fun. We should do that. It'd be so ridiculous. We would do it like we do it before we record. So, so then when we get Except on we the episode, we're like, "Hey guys, guess what happened in the Mandalorian today?" We know we're a year behind, but like <laughs> here it is. <laughs> we do the delayed recap. <laughs> There'd be no excuses for spoilers. Anyway, that's true. If if you don't know what's going on by now, it's your own damn fault. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> it's your own fault. It's like it was like Game of Thrones. <laughs> um, Ugh, I don't want to talk about that. I never watched it, but maybe I should watch it now. We'll watch Game of Thrones together. It was too. worth it till season. It was worth it till the final season. That's what I've heard. Do do do. Where are we? Oh, obviously it's October. Y'all know what's up. Freeform, aka ABC Family, because it will always be ABC Family in my heart. Um, debuted their oh, yeah, thirty-one sure. nights of Halloween. That's actually um, really funny because Heather showed me Freeform, 31 Days of Halloween. And I was like, what the hell is Freeform? I had no idea it was ABC. I'm pretty sure Freeform... I had no idea. So I think Freeform changed its name when, mm-hmm. like, the, your freshman year of college. So, like, it, it makes sense that you might not have known because, like, yes, it's been a very long time, but, like, when did you stop watching cable TV? probably around then oh god Mm, well my mom canceled cable tv probably 15 years ago so well then there you go you have all the excuse to not know what the hell i have a lot of excuses the only time i ever Um, got to watch cable tv was when we were on vacation (laughs) to disney beautiful um great yeah i remember when abc family used to do their 13 nights of halloween Mm. um I got I get like kind of mad at Freeform's holiday marathons because it's almost the same exact thing every day. Like Hocus Pocus is on yeah. pretty much every night. Nightmare Before Christmas every night. It's like if you're going to do 31 Nights of Halloween, like give me one movie every night that is different. Yeah. Than, like don't ever don't play things or if you're going to play things more than once, do it like every week, not every day. Mhm. Yeah, I don't even get down for like a weekly repeating schedule, but oh, Nico, Nico jumping. She's going to probably appear on my computer desk in less than three seconds. Um, yeah, they were doing that um, 25 days of Christmas. That That's always unique, right? Because, well, Not I mean, how unique can it be when all the Hallmark Christmas movies are the same? <laughs> yeah, but Freeform isn't Hallmark. Uh, you're right. Still, they play that same stuff. What are you doing? You know you're not allowed on my desk. There's a goober. There's a goober on my desk. Yeah. So a big black fluffy goober. Look at this. Beautiful. Look at this kitty. I love that cat. You want to purr, purr for the podcast? No, you want to climb on my shoulder? Okay, that's fine. Miko, too. purr for the podcast. She's climbing away from the microphone. Job now. Miko, okay. come on. Oh, and she fell. Oh, my back. <laughs> Goodbye, cat. Goodbye. Now nah, there she is. Oh. You can see her. Miko, you have one job, and it's to purr on this podcast. <laughs> it's to purr. She just wants to be close. She's like, ah, yes, I am on father's shoulder. Doing great. Anyway, when she feels like it, we'll get her back right, on. So, uh, yeah, so we're, we're moving on. Um, so D23 has been pushed back to 2022. Yep, to September of 2022. Oh, so my birthday present is to go to D23 in 2022. D23 is an annual thing. That's all I know. Okay. So they've been pushed, they've pushed it back two years. That's crazy. Yes. And D23 is usually where they do all their like big announcements and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I think it's just for them like safety wise. And I also think they have to reevaluate a bunch of stuff. 
and like make yeah. a plan. Joe Rody also know? just doesn't want to get asked when he's going to fix the Yeti for another two years. Oh man, yeah, it's actually his <laughs> vacation. It's not. It's not yeah, at all about COVID. It's just Joe Rody's sick of it. <laughs> Fuck! I answer this question every year. Every year he's that. got a cigar. <laughs> <laughs> well, he is Harrison Hightower, so he can do whatever of, he wants in my brain. Yeah, he gets a pass. Um, um, <laughs> what a train wreck, and we haven't even made it through the news. <laughs> this is every week, Ben. Anyway, this isn't even a scripted episode. I mean, it kind of is. <laughs> Yeah, kind of. Um, so anyway, Universal Studios debuted a new park pass. Um, it's a promo for next year. You have to buy be- before January 6th, and it's buy two days, get three free. Sign me up, dude. Ooh. You have to use them. It, it is a consecutive thing, so you have to use it within seven, seven calendar days. Um, from the first purchase but it's like a five-day trip to universal it has to be used before august 31st of next year so easy i just said like i'm gonna wait to see like how things look in january (laughs) because the promo ends in january so i oh that's a stink bug hello nico's hunting it for me hold on one second i I need to go throw this thing in the trash just kidding flush it do it Yeah, so you know how you have a seasonal drink? My uh, my apartment seems to have seasonal bug. So every season we have a new kind of bug in the house. In the summer we had like hornets. <laughs> now we have stink bugs. Horrifying. Yep, oh my God. and I it's... forget what we had in the spring, but it was something. So Is it just because of the fact it's like an old house, so it just like doesn't have good Yeah, it's a colonial and, like, and the, yeah, they get in like by the windows all the time. Specifically by my window. So, obviously, I find them all over my desk. And Nico's just chilling like a goon in the corner where I can't reach her except to pet her. So, whatever. I guess she's on my desk now. Oh, uh, but anyway. The news. So, continue going on with the um, Universal News. Yeah, Volcano Bay started a se- is starting their seasonal closure on November 2nd to reopen on March 1st. And a lot of people were really concerned about it because Volcano Bay closes temporarily for like seasonal maintenance but like it's never been this long so a lot of people were like oh my god they're closing and it's like no they're just they are closing because of covid probably but i think it's just like extended seasonal maintenance like yeah that makes sense probably probably nothing to freak out about um yeah so um we said we we t- we promised the viewers that we would have updates. So so Becca, I gotta ask you, what's the latest news on the evil Knievel case? <laughs> there is no new news on the evil Knievel case, but make sure you turn in every week to make sure that you're up to date on the All evil right. Knievel case. But I do have a quick correction. Weekly updates for evil Knievel. Um. Oh, if you didn't listen to last week's episode, which you should, because it was a good one. Um. Last week, we on the news, we talked about how Evil Knievel's family is suing the Walt Disney Company due to, um, they claim that he, they were using his likeness for the character Duke Kaboom. Um, and so we are going to jokingly 
but also seriously keep you updated every single week. And a quick correction from last week or from this week, I posted a picture of the new baby giraffe and I said that her name was Marseille, but it's not her name. That's just the breed. She does not currently have a name. Ah, okay. So unnamed Marseille. Yes. Excellent. Um, So even we are wrong sometimes if we are not afraid to print retractions. No, yes. We will, we will tell everybody when we are wrong, which we probably are frequently. Yep. Anyway. Uh, so anyway, that's the news. So we're going to be right back after a quick break. Great. See you guys in a bit. Hey everyone, I just wanted to tell you about our new partnership with ScribbleScript Studio. ScribbleScript is an independently owned small business specializing in custom lettering designs. The artist behind it, Emma, is located in the Orlando area and frequently she can be found visiting the parks for inspiration. Some of my favorite stickers are her Happily Ever After Dumbo sticker and her Tower of Terror suitcase. So check her out on Instagram, make sure you let her know that Q2Q sent you, and if you're looking for some fun stickers to put on your laptop or your favorite water bottle, make sure you check out her Etsy shop at Scribble Script Studio and use the code Q spelled just like the podcast at checkout for 15% off your order today. That's code Q Q U E U E spelled just like the podcast for 15% off your order at Scribble Script Studios. All right, everybody, we are back. I love that. Ad. We're back. Love that. Ad. It's, you know, it just gets better every time I hear it. Every I just, single time. I, I go to sleep with it on repeat. Mm-hmm. Me too. So today we are talking about the lore of the Springs. Oh, that's a that's a Lord of the Rings joke. If you guys didn't catch the, that, the Springs of Power. No. Yes, <laughs> one springs to rule them all. Um, there, this will be. I think we've I decided that it's going to be a three part epi- uh, three part series, starting with. Uh, this episode called the fellowship of the springs and this will cover from the opening of the um walt disney or the lake buena vista shopping village in 1975 up until the renaming of the shopping district to downtown disney so we are going to talk about what disney springs slash all of the iterations of disney springs were and a little bit of history on it um and by a little bit of history i mean a lot of bit about pleasure island (laughs) So, Ben. All right. Let's get started. Want to start? Yeah. So the first question, if you're not that familiar with Disney Springs, is what is Disney Springs? Well, Disney Springs is an outdoor shopping, dining, and entertaining complex at Walt Disney World in Lake Buena Vista, Florida. Um, so the shopping village was how it started. It was the Lake Buena Vista Shopping Village, and it opened on March 22nd of 1975 to be a shopping mall. Wow. Um, And in 1984, our best friend Michael Eisner took over the CEO position and began looking for ways to keep the people of Disney, keep the people on the Disney property longer. He noticed that guests typically traveled off property during different times of the day to get food, and he wanted to fix that. He also wanted to compete with the popular Orlando nightclubs. So not long after, Disney announced its expansion of Pleasure Island. This would be the premier entertainment district featuring nightclubs, comedy clubs, and all-around fun had by all. Pleasure Island was announced on July 1st, 1986, and Pleasure Island opened the same day as Disney's MGM Studios on May 1st, 1989. 
Later that year, Walt Disney World Village was renamed to Disney Village Marketplace. Now, right before the Disney, the Walt Disney World Village was changed to the next iteration, Pleasure Island was opened. Yeah, so after the addition of Epcot's Street Performer Show, the new Imagineers who specialized in live entertainment were asked if any of the new projects would benefit from having live performers inside. Those three projects in the works were Typhoon Lagoon, MGM Studios, and the rebranding of the Walt Disney World Village. Pleasure Island would bring in this new team of Imagineers paired with architects, and these Imagineers would begin to build a new district of entertainment based on the resort Granville Island in Vancouver, Canada. Granville was a fishing dock turned into a tourist destination and the concept of Pleasure Island. It later becomes really obvious in the influence when you look at what's in Pleasure Island spot today, which is the landing at Disney Springs, which we'll talk about later on in episode three of this series. You got to wait till December to find out about that. There was already water Oof. on this side of Walt Disney Mark, the Walt Disney Vault Village Marketplace, so the Imagineers picked out the spot for its expansion with keeping with the island theme of the fact that it was on the water. To you, Ben. Hmm. So the story goes, the land was originally owned by Meriwether Adam Pleasure, who you know as a member of the Society of Explorers and Adventurers. You can also learn much of his backstory in our sea episodes. To get the full story, hop over to our Patreon. And that is patreon.com slash Q2Q, spelled just like the podcast. Mm-hmm. And what, what tier do we offer that at? Just tier one or? I believe that was just bonus content. That should be open for everybody. But if it's bonus not, content. I will fix it now. Yeah. And that's a so, reason to go over there. Subscribe. You can subscribe to our Fast Pass tier for $1. And you can get access to that. Mm-hmm. So each of the properties on Pleasure Island were said to be based on the properties that the fictional fictional Meriwether Adam Pleasure owned. Um, so the clubs were the Neon Armadillo, the XZFR Rock and Roller Dome, Mannequin's Dance Palace, Videopolis East, Comedy Warehouse, and the Adventurers Club. So the Neon Armadillo was a country music saloon with live bands. This was an all-ages club, and if you were under 17, you just needed an adult to supervise you. It served food at the bar, and there was even a televised special of the best of comedy music hosted here in 1992. The origin of how... Best of country music. What did I say? You said the best of comedy music. Let's take it back. I'm leaving it. Uh, the best takes <laughs> the best of country music in 1992. Uh, the origin Thanks. of how <laughs> <laughs> the origin of how the neon <laughs> nothing but seriousness over here on the QTQ podcast. We take our jobs. We don't know how to have fun. Very seriously. Way too seriously. The origin I've never had fun. of how the neon armadillo came to be states that it was the greenhouse for the various exotic plants collected by Meriwether Adam Pleasure. That was what the building originally was. He was apparently an amateur cacti... Oh, I meant to make you read this part. Damn it. I did this to myself. (laughs) (laughs) He was apparently an an amateur cacti... I just wanted you to say this word. How do you say this word, Ben? Cactogogist? Cactogogist? Yeah, cactogogist. Sure, great. Ben's better than me. We didn't. That's I not would just news. Say screw it. It's a cactologist. <laughs> um, so he was an amateur guy who really liked cactus. Um, when he Same. disappeared in, <laughs> you know, when he disappeared in 1941. Spoiler alert: the greenhouse was sealed off. 
Years later, when they opened the greenhouse, <gasps> they discovered a fam- family of armadillos there, and they decided to name the place after them, immortalizing them in neon. Now, I didn't mention our sources, but a lot of our sources came from, came from various things, but most of what we know is from uh, Kevin Perger's defunct planned history of Pleasure Island. There's a two-part series as well. See, we're not the only ones that make two-part series about Disney Springs. It's real important. But Kevin Perger and I- We might be the only ones that make a three-part series. We might. Um, As I was watching it, when they were like, they immortalized them in neon, I immediately was like, wait, what happened to the armadillos? And Kevin Perger also asked that question as I was thinking it in the video. So like, it's not clear what happened to the armadillos. Like, did they die? Immortalized them? Did they like- cast them in neon <laughs> i did they where did they go so many questions i don't know uh, maybe they're still in the lights comment on one of these posts to let us know where you think the armadillos went yeah what's so, your armadillo theory oh my god we're gonna start a thing Ugh. hashtag armadillo theory hashtag theory. armadillo theory um yeah so the next one is the xzfr roller skating club the music style was rock. Who knew? It's not like it was a rock and roller dome. Uh, <laughs> the first floor was a dance floor, and the second was a skate rink. The backstory explained that Meriwether, Medi- oh my God, the backstory explained that Meriwether Adam Pleasure was a UFO enthusiast. Originally, this was Building X, where Pleasure built his own aircraft that could harness the power of the wind. It was only flown once by Pleasure himself. Once landed, he became brought. He began. I don't know how to spell things, Ben. It was a okay. long. So day. once he landed, he began broadcasting to outer space. W e l c o m e. If you don't know how to spell that, spells welcome. Ben, I'm uh, really that impressed. That wasn't a weird. <laughs> I'm really impressed by your reading. You've, have you been practicing? Um, actually, I'm. I'm using text to speech through my headphones. Oh wow! So I hope that that's what I'm reading. So you're just repeating what you're uh, reading. <laughs> Um, yeah, I actually have an earpiece in right now. Someone's telling me what to say. It's Mike in the other room. <laughs> how dare he? If that wasn't a weird <laughs> enough concept, you had Mannequin's Dance Palace, which was a three-floor techno club featuring human mannequins that were dressed as things like disco balls. Mannequins. How I hate that. uncomfortable I hate that so is much. that? And like, it's a like it said it was imagine if they started moving no but that's my question because it says it's human mannequins like as in like they're just mannequins or are they human beings dressed like mannequins just chilling like what that's yeah that's terrifying yeah or imagine if they were like animatronic mannequins but nobody knew it until they moved no thank you i don't want to imagine that'd be horrible um or if they weren't animatronic mannequins and they moved anyway when the lights were off Welcome to October, bitches. <laughs> anyway, yeah, so what was the building originally? Oh, yes. So, Mannequin's Dance Palace. Mannequin's, right. Originally, the building <laughs> was said to be Pleasure's Canvas Works Fabrication Plant Number 1, which is where he, um, he, do, do, do brains. Uh, oh, this, whew. Hold on. Originally, the building building was said to be Pleasure's Canvas Works Fabrication Plant Number One, and it was the second building built on the island. And in the 1930s, was converted first to the soundstage for Invisible Pictures, and then into a design studio and workshop for his various projects. The plaque outside read, "Most notably, was the huge locomotive powered by a combination of steam and magnetic power. A colossal turntable was installed to work on this revolutionary product called Maxwell's Demon." 
that was intended to revolutionize the transportation. It didn't. <laughs> it didn't. But I mean, he, I, I take from this, he did some groundwork on uh, the, the Tomorrowland Transit Authority, people mover. That's a magnetic train. I'm sure, I'm sure he <laughs> did. Um, I actually, I wanted, I wanted to talk to my, like my parents and and my family to be like you went to pleasure island and my mom was telling me she i was like what do you remember and my mom said that she remembers this one dance club that had a rotating dance floor so like mannequins dance palace like they mentioned the turntable and it, that obviously it's like to be like no there's a turntable inside go check it out but like the dance floor moved that's insane right and like, oh, man, is it bad? I want to go check out this stuff. Why is it not still around? <laughs> no, literally, I think about it all the time of just like, like, I've said this before. It's our curse with being Disney historians. I've said this before of like, if I could talk to one person in my entire life, like when they're like, if you could talk to anybody past or present, who would you want to talk to? I'm like, dude, I want to talk to Michael Eisner in like 1989. Like what was going on in his life and mm -hmm. what was going on in his head? Like. Oh, crazy, crazy. So that was Mannequin's Dance I Palace. To to Nightmare Fuel. <laughs> I guess Yikes. we could reach out to Eisner and see what if he's on our podcast. I'm going to email Michael Eisner. You're like, dude, so we'd love to have you on your podcast <laughs> to talk about what was going through your head in the 1980s. <laughs> what exactly was going on? <laughs> okay, so next next part of my of our series on follow up questions, I'm gonna give you guys a play by play on my my contact to Michael Eisner. Dude, I anyway, just <laughs> we'd instantly be a massive podcast. That'd be fantastic. Mm -hmm. Not that I don't love all of our current fans. Uh, you guys are fantastic. Thanks for listening. Mm -hmm. Keep doing that, by the way. Thank you, everybody. Um, yeah. So. We already know that one was here because of its Western counterpart, but this one was Videopolis East. Mm -hmm. So if you didn't hear about this, go back to our episode titled, Hello, I'm Michael Eisner, and check that out. Um, Videopolis East actually opened around the same time that the West Coast Dance Club closed. It featured plenty of television screens playing popular music videos and was specifically for those under 21. Now, according to Imagineer Legend, the building was used or I'm sorry, the building used to be the artificial intelligence lab built for Meriwether Pleasure's son, Henry, Henry Pleasure. Um, he was known as the mad genius of Lake Buena Vista, known for his work in cellular automation. Henry died thinking, of his, thinking his experiments in AI had failed, but when the building was reopened in 1987, the artificial intelligence was alive and directed to refurb into what it was today. Well, you know, not today, but 1987. So close enough. <laughs> then after Videopolis lease, which again, if you want to learn more about Videopolis, check out Hello, I'm Michael Eisner and also Defunct Land's ep uh, episode on Michael Eisner because we have a famous saying on yes. Q2Q and it's uh, let the kids be gay. It comes strictly from those, mm -hmm. those couple of episodes. So um, after Videopolis lease, there was the- famous saying is our sources are Kevin Perger. <laughs> Our sources are Kevin Perjurer. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Love you, Kevin. That's our other if famous you, saying. If you listen, don't hate if us. If you ever listen for, to this, we love you. Just don't hate us for just 
really appreciating your content. Um, there was also you ran so we could walk. Seriously, he's so much better than us in every way. Anyway. <laughs> The comedy warehouse. It's just a role model, you know? Speaking we're, we're of comedy, great. in later years, it was it hosted a comedy improv troupe that was not unlike the Citizens of Holiday, Hollywood that's at the comedy warehouse. But it was but when it first opened, it was it had a scripted show called Forbidden Disney, and it was kind of a spoof on what it's like to go on a Disney vacation. Ooh. It was not dissimilar from National Lampoon's um Christmas or is it Christmas vacation? <laughs> or is it just vacation? It's just vacation. Um, um there's a lot of National Lampoon. Yes, but the one where they specifically actually. go to Disney. Well, they go to Wally World. Wally World. Yeah, that is regular vacation. It's just the first one. Um, but yeah, the Comedy Warehouse, by the way. according to Imagineer lore, was originally the power station. It became a storage facility when Pleasure Island was electrified in in nineteen twenty eight, and the theater kids took over took it over six years later, as theater kids do. Um, theater kids. Seriously, the worst. Um, the thespian players were founded by Isabella Pleasure, the wife of Meriwether, and they specialized in Central Florida historical pageants, which is why Forbidden Disney became oh. a thing. The company restored the, or do, 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 oh, after Isabella's death, the players disbanded, but then the Walt Disney Company restored the building, and the site is, again, a warehouse. The comedy warehouse, though. Hmm. Um, the last club was, of course, the Adventurers Club. It wasn't so much a dance club. Uh, the club had actors that told stories to all the patrons. As we mentioned in our C episode, the Adventurers Club was founded by Pleasure as the American headquarters of C, you know, the Society of Explorers of Adventurers. Um, the Adventurers Club was the most unique club of them all. There were ceremonies, traditions, and classic songs that patrons who visited frequently all knew about. It even had a creed. So the creed is, we climb the highest mountains just to get a better view. We plumb the deepest oceans because we're daring through and through. We cross the scorching desert, martinis in our hand. We ski the polar ice caps in tuxedos looking grand. We are reckless, brave, and loyal, and valiant to the end. If you come in here a stranger, you will exit as a friend. Congaloosh. And that was, that was their saying. Like, Congaloosh was like, kind of like, how you knew somebody frequented the Adventures Club is if they greeted or or mm-hmm. said goodbye with Congolouche. And actually, like I was, I wasn't gonna Congolouche. really include the creed, but then I like I read the line, and you you just did it to me. I read the line. Uh, we crossed the scorching desert, martinis in our hand. I'm just like, here we are, doing our I best. Full on pinkies up, sipping my drink. Um, <laughs> and I just I really relate to this creed it's really great of just like we are it's fantastic and it and it is truly what the the society of explorers and adventurers are about it's just like going to explore for the sake of knowledge which again if you have not checked out yeah. those two episodes of q to q we highly suggest it it's very insane yeah, really cool stuff in there um yeah so the adventurers club was made to house all of pleasure's collections he won the plans for the building uh, in a game of dominoes and attributed them throughout his life to noted architects Sir Edwin Luitens, Charles Rennie McIntosh, and Eliel Sarian. Sarian, sorry. Uh, Pleasure's friends' souvenirs were also displayed on the wall. 
making a place for them to gather. After Pleasure's disappearance in 1941, the club was sealed until it was opened to the public in 1989. And when Pleasure Island first opened, tickets were $10. The biggest event of the year was New Year's Eve, where fireworks would be shot off the roof of the Adventurers Club. Pleasure Island was insanely popular because of its rich backstory and attention to detail. People really applauded Disney to how much effort they put into the design and storyline, storyline, sorry, I think I said storyland, making it a true Disney experience. It made the Walt Disney Village Marketplace area a true destination of themselves. I'm trying to look up as I was reading that to see when the Jungle Navigation Skipper's Canteen opened according to lore. Um, Because I'm wondering if the things that are inside of of the Skipper Canteen are very similar to the things that were inside the Adventurers Club. So I'm wondering if it's canon that Skipper can't, like once the Adventurers Club was closed after the disappearance of Meriwether Adam Pleasure, if it's canon that Albert Falls took some of those things and put them in the Skipper Canteen. But I can't find the lore behind it because I think that would be so cool. It'd be so cool. Yeah, absolutely. Um, let's look at Society Explorers and Adventures. Hey guys, sidebar here while we do some Googling. Um, Dr. Albert Falls, Skipper Canteen. Do, 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 do. Oh, hold on. Alberta Falls. Alberta Falls established the, which we should know, but um, she established the Jungle Navigation Company in 1931. So it's either they did it about the same time or maybe she did it later. Who knows? Um, But in 1989, the Disney Village Marketplace was was the new name for the Walt Disney Village Marketplace. Um, And we all know that the 1990s were the Disney decade. Eisner sought to grow the company like it never seen before. So on October 2nd, 1996, the World of Disney Store retail store was opened to further cement the Disney mark on shopping. Um, this name couldn't stick ar- around long forever because with yet another rebranding announcement in 1995, Pleasure Island and the Disney Village Marketplace would have been changed to the all-encompassing downtown Disney. So during that time between 1989 and 1995 or 1997, uh, Pleasure Island saw a lot of changes. Um, Pleasure Island, the first change in Pleasure Island was in 1990, where the XZFR Rock and Roller Club changed to just being the Rock and Beach Club, where the skating was taken out of the mix altogether, but the theming more or less stayed the same with that Rock Dance Club. Also in 1990, Videopolis East changed to The Cage, with more progressive rock music being played. And I'm wondering, Videopolis East didn't last very soon. This is the question I was going to ask earlier, and then I remembered that I put it in later. I'm wondering if it's due to the scandals of the West Coast. But it opened, it opened after the West Coast was done. So I'm not really sure. Um, I'll have to look into exactly why the East closed. Um, I, I don't know. Sorry, can you mark where we left off? Yeah, we're on. Um, okay, so it was uh, number three. Yeah. Okay. So that's you. So uh, the Pleasure Island AMC was opened. Fun fact, if you see a movie there, the receipt still says Pleasure Island. The AMC, did you know that? I did not. I haven't looked at I my le- AMC receipt. 
I actually like I I remember it was like a super nerd moment for me because I think I saw freaking Ralph Breaks the Internet at that AMC. That was the only movie I ever mm-hmm. saw there. And I remember reading the receipt after I bought my ticket and I was like, Mike, Mike, this is Pleasure Island. And he was like, oh, like from Pinocchio? That's funny. And I was like, no, it's like Pleasure Island. <laughs> and he's like, I don't get it. And I'm like, you, you, you wouldn't get it. Oh my God. Children, children these days. Mm. Gotta whip him into shape knowing his Disney stuff. Yep. He better listen to this episode. Mike is not a fan of Disney. Let me put that on the record. <laughs> Oof, that's 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 rough, buddy. Neither Pat, it's actually you are really killing funny. Me. It's Sorry. really funny because neither Mike or or my roommate Tyler care about Disney or they I both of them actually kind of don't like Disney. And so it's really funny because I'm just like, mm, Disney all the time. Um, but anyway, the AMC theater. <laughs> How Sorry, you? I had to sneeze. Well, this is why we're socially distant. Anyway. That's it. Um, the AMC it's not because was... we're lazy or anything. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only reason. Um, so the AMC was even added into the Pleasure Island lore. It was originally to house the canvas fabrication plant. The second one, remember? Comedy Warehouse was the first. Um, uh, in 1938, sorry, not 39, he had the building outfitted as a lab to test his thermomagnetics. Remember that turntable in the Mannequin Dance Palace? The success of his lab was evident in 1940. The whole building blew to the sky with no visible combustibles. Well, was that actually a success then? I think it's really cool that they were like, this is the second plant. He had two of them. And then they also brought it back to the, to the thermomagnetics. Like, I just think it's really cool that they were like, let's mm-hmm. tie it all in. Like, it makes sense. It's not just them throwing the AMC in there and making up a story. It's like, no, no, no. Look it. Look it. It does have to do with this. Yeah. That's kind of um, cool, actually. Yeah. And in 1993, the Pleasure Island Jazz Company replaced one of the restaurants. So, like, there were restaurants and there were shops in Pleasure Island, but that, was, that wasn't the draw to them. And uh, the, the Jazz Company replaced one of, one of those restaurants because I guess it wasn't doing so hot. I don't know. This club now had live jazz music. Ah, okay. Um, however, the jazz Ooh. club was not added to the Meriwether Pleasure lore. The trend apparently continued through the 90s, so they stopped connecting things to Pleasure after after the jazz company was added mm-hmm. interesting mm-hmm. um i love this because okay i'll just talk about this next part eight tracks the new name of the club was replaced the cage in 1994 eight tracks eight tracks you know oh we gosh. talked about vcrs at the top of this episode and did you think yep. we would be talking about eight tracks? Never in my life that I think I would be talking about eight tracks. Yeah, so um, eight tracks, If you, for the kids who don't know it, go look it up. Go look up what an eight track is. Um, they would replace the, 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 the club Cage, which was Videopolis East in 1994. And it was actually the third name of that venue. So I guess Videopolis East's location wasn't so hot. And the thing I'm, I'm not sure about Cursed. was that it was never... It, oh, and Eight Tracks was an '80s themed, um, like an '80s theme, '80s themed <gasps> club. And the thing I'm not sure about was were, was Eight Tracks and Cage 
were they also still under 21? Because Videopolis, that was the draw, is that it was the, the teen sure. club. So I'm not sure. They may have just done the... away with that whole thing. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think, mean, like. Because that was big in the 80s, but I don't know if it was a, really a thing in the 90s. Yeah, and I think we're going to talk about this in the next episode, but I, I'm very excited and looking forward to talking about the connotation that you had with the environment of of downtown disney which we're going to get into because mm-hmm. with the changes with the changeover of downtown disney in 1997 pleasure island continued to see many more changes and eventually its demise so we are going to talk about next week Dis- downtown disney because from 1997 to 2000 or to 2015 was this was downtown disney and it was from you and i growing up that was what we knew it was downtown disney but like i remember Mm -hmm. being younger and having an idea of like we've talked about it briefly of like there was the marketplace there was pleasure island and there was the west side and they were all very different places so next week we're gonna talk about that of the the vibe of each of those places from a consumer standpoint we'll get into a little bit of the west side of what things were there and what kind of people Mm -hmm. it drew and we'll talk about the marketplace and what kind of people that side drew and how it was really weird because it was the west side and the marketplace and sandwiched in between them was pleasure island Island. and what that created of a dynamic you know yeah there's a very stark divide i'll say that yeah so Thank you, everybody, for tuning in this week. Um, yeah, thanks so much. I Again, we started this project as uh, we were going to just do an episode about, like, the evolution of Disney Springs and what where it started and how, where it is now. And I started doing research, and I fell into the rabbit hole that was Pleasure Island. And I was like, ooh, if we did an episode on the entirety, it would be like a, like a three-hour episode. So I decided that, nope, next time, next month, we'll do part two and then we'll do part three in december so thanks for listening um as always if you like what you hear make sure you subscribe and give us a little rate and a review on on uh, apple Podcasts. that really helps us out um yeah uh feel free to check out our patreon if you like what you heard today like mm-hmm. i said earlier in the podcast so that's patreon.com slash q2q you can subscribe from anywhere at our fast pass tier at one dollar all the way up to our galactic hero tier at fifty dollars for a lot of right galactic heroes and fifty dollars it doesn't exist yet but it's fine it's coming oh what's our fifty dollar tier i think it's space ranger first class all right, so let's take that back. So you can subscribe anywhere from our Fast Pass tier at $1 to our Space Ranger First Class or something tier at $50. Uh, so we should know, but... You can get a lot of cool merch. You can get a lot of exclusive content. And then uh, mm-hmm. please rate this podcast if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. That helps us a lot. Give us a five-star rating and a review. That'd be cool. And then most importantly, bring a friend. And follow us on all of our social media. Follow us on Facebook at Q2Q. Follow us on Instagram at Q underscore two underscore Q. Follow us on Twitter at Q the number two Q. And on YouTube, you can find us at Q2Q. Um, we yeah. are currently in the process of putting out three videos. We're working on it. And I think in the future, you will be able to see a lot more content from us. But we're just... We're working on it. We're, we don't want to put anything out until it's absolutely perfect. So 
we really, yeah. really appreciate you and thank you. And again, Mike, uh, we talked about it at the top of the show. If you want to contribute to helping cast members who are who have just recently lost their jobs, um, head on over to Venmo at Cast Member Pantry, and we'll share that link as well. So if you can, any yeah, little bit helps. Super cool. Yeah, and um, also comment your armadillo theory if you have one. Let us know what yes. happened to those armadillos. And um, yeah. also, if you have any cool Pleasure Island memories, or like, what is your favorite building? Also, leave that in the comments. Absolutely. Um, so thanks, so everybody. And... Yeah, thank you. We'll see you next week. Bye. Peace.